Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Acts. Well, hello and good morning, friends and faithful listeners, and happy, happy Tuesday. I am so thankful to all the people who have been reaching out to me recently to uh, introduce yourselves or to ask questions or something along those lines. I love when you talk to me about your animals. You guys know me. I'm kind of a dog enthusiast. In fact, every single email that you get if you sign up for P40 Ministries emails has a picture of Bandit in it. My dog, my little Jack Russell Terrier. And the last email that I sent out had a picture of him in an astronaut suit. So you, you're missing out if you haven't signed up for emails yet, especially if you love dogs. If you want to see a cute picture of Bandit once every week or every other week, then sign up for emails. And pretty much every single email I send has a picture of either me or Bandit, but usually Bandit because I literally hate taking selfies. I hate it so much. So when you email me this time around, answer this question. What is your favorite breed of dog? And if you don't like dogs for some reason, then what is your favorite animal? (laughs) I'm looking forward to those emails. So today we are going to be reading Acts chapter six. And if you guys forgot, I kind of messed up the episodes last week. I sort of started talking about Acts chapter six before I finished up Acts chapter five. So they were a little out of order. However, they are back in order now. So if you like go back, you're going to see that they're like back in order again. But if you guys forgot what Acts chapter six was talking about, it was talking about some cracks that were beginning to form in the early church. So what ended up happening was that Peter and the other apostles ended up appointing some men to take over a widow ministry because the apostles did not want to do it. So they assigned the widow ministry to seven different men. And one of these men was Stephen. So we're going to go a little bit more in depth about Stephen today. So grab your Bible in the version that you prefer, but I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. this morning. This is Acts 6, 8 through 15. Stephen, full of faith and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. But some of those who were of the synagogue, called the Libertines and the Cyrenians of the Alexandrians, and those of Silica and Asia, arose, disputing with Stephen. They weren't able to withstand the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Then they secretly induced men to say, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. They stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, and came against him and seized him, then brought him in to the council and set up false witnesses who said, This man never stops speaking blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs which Moses delivered to us. All who sat in the council, fastening their eyes on him, saw his face like it was the face of an angel. So here's what's really cool about this. Stephen was not one of the initial 12 apostles. As far as we know, he did not walk with Jesus. We don't know if he did or not, but he was not one of the 12 disciples. And yet the Holy Spirit was working through Stephen in amazing ways. Here's what it says about Stephen. Stephen was full of faith and power. He performed great wonders and signs among the people. 
So this means that the Holy Spirit's power is not limited to just the apostles at this time period. That's because the Holy Spirit cannot be limited. The Holy Spirit will use whoever, whenever he wants to use them. So the Holy Spirit, we should never limit him. We should never think, well, you know, I'm not holy enough for the Holy Spirit to use me or that person over there, you know, that person could never be used by the Holy Spirit. We should never limit the Holy Spirit's power like that because the Holy Spirit can use anybody he wants to use and he certainly will in order to accomplish God's plans. So Stephen, even though he was not one of the original 12 apostles, he was being used in great ways by the Holy Spirit. It says that he performed great wonders and signs among the people. We have no clue what these wonders and signs were, but they are pretty cool. And the people were able to see this, see what Stephen was doing. And I'm sure that Stephen caused many, many people to become members of the church and to become Christians. So Stephen was doing fantastic things and the Holy Spirit was using Stephen And what's really funny about this is if we didn't have this story of Stephen in the next couple chapters becoming the first martyr of the early church, spoiler alert, we wouldn't even know who Stephen was. And yet the Holy Spirit was working greatly through Stephen. So it's important not to limit the Holy Spirit or to think that the Holy Spirit can't use somebody just because we see the outward appearance of that person. God looks at the heart and the Holy Spirit can use whoever he wants to use. So Stephen was full of faith and power. Depending on the version you read, it might say grace. It might throw grace in there. He was full of grace, faith, power. He performed signs and wonders, and he was also a great debater. So he starts debating these guys called the Libertines. Once again, depending on the version you read, it might say the synagogue of freedmen. So whoever these guys were, they were a sect of Jews that called themselves freedmen, which is kind of a cool name, in my opinion. So they called themselves freedmen and they begin debating with Stephen. But of course, since they were of the Jewish faith, they had a lot of ideologies that were not directly in scripture. And they had a lot of false ideologies about God and about the Messiah and about rules and regulations and the law. So Stephen starts debating them and debunking basically everything that they're saying. And he's saying, no, like Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus, who was killed on a cross and raised again on the third day, that is our Messiah. We need to worship Jesus. And so, of course, the Jews aren't liking this very much. They're very angry at Stephen for calling them out. And so it says they weren't able to withstand the wisdom and the spirit by which Stephen spoke. They weren't able to withstand the wisdom that Stephen spoke. And we don't know exactly what they were debating on, but we definitely know it has something to do with Jesus. Because what happens next is these Jews start stirring up the people. They're just like, you know, we heard that Stephen guy over there. We heard him saying blasphemies about God. We heard him saying blasphemies about the temple and blasphemies about the Old Testament law and about Moses saying that Jesus is the Messiah. Here's what verse 13 says. They set up false witnesses who said this man never stopped speaking blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. We have heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs which Moses delivered to us. 
Now, of course, these were all falsehoods because when Jesus came to earth, he specifically told his disciples that he did not come to abolish the law of Moses, but to fulfill it. And so, yes, maybe some customs weren't necessary anymore. And Stephen was was saying, like, you know, Jesus is our sacrifice. But that would be offensive to somebody who did daily sacrifices. Stephen would be attacking their religion, everything that they believed in, in order to get closer to God. So they they set up these false witnesses to claim that Stephen said things that Stephen did not say. Stephen was not speaking blasphemous words against the holy place and the law. He was also not speaking blasphemy against Moses or anything like that. Stephen was just telling the truth of the gospel and of who Jesus is. So it says that they seize Stephen and they bring him into court. And Stephen's face was like the face of an angel. So I don't know exactly what that means, but what I'm going to assume that means is that Stephen's face was glowing. If you remember Moses, way back in the Old Testament, he would go up the mountain to speak to God and he'd be up on the mountain, like sustained by God for multiple days without like eating or drinking anything. God was sustaining Moses's life somehow. And whatever God was doing for Moses and Moses being in God's awesome presence, he'd come down the mountain after he was done speaking to God and Moses's face would actually be glowing in some way. And it turned out that the people were scared out of their minds when they saw Moses for the first time. They were terrified. And so Moses ended up like putting a veil over his face any time that he came down from the mountain after talking to God because his face would glow and it would scare the people and the people didn't want to see it. So I can imagine that maybe that's what Stephen's face was doing. But look at how these people respond to Stephen. They fastened their eyes on him and saw that his face was like the face of an angel. And we're going to see that in the next chapter, they don't care. They don't care that Stephen's face is somehow the face of an angel, somehow glowing with God's presence, God's glory on Stephen, God's grace on Stephen. They don't care. These Pharisees are just like, we don't like you. We don't like that you're attacking our ideology. We don't like that you're attacking our beliefs. And so even though your face is glowing right now, and somehow this definitely means God's presence is with you, we're not going to listen to that. <laughs> People, if they are dead set on believing something, there is nothing that will change their minds. Nothing. For example, sometimes I get um, mean YouTube comments. <laughs> Who doesn't? But recently I had one guy that was very, very angry about the IFB video that my sister and my brother-in-law did with me. And the reason this man got so angry was because we were attacking his ideology because clearly he was a member of the IFB church. We were attacking the ideology of that church. And that was so offensive to him that he started talking about how corrupt my sister and my brother-in-law were and how, you know, they don't follow scripture and how they don't want to proclaim Christ. Started just talking about all this stuff because he was offended over what we were saying about the IFB denomination. So this begs a question. 
Are you your denomination or are you a Christian? Now, please do not get me wrong. I am not saying that if you go to a church that is a specific denomination, that you are not a Christian. That is not what I meant by that statement at all. What I'm saying is, are you trusting your church denomination to form your beliefs more than you are trusting scripture to form your beliefs? Unfortunately, the Pharisees and the scribes and the elders were trusting what man told them to do, what their elders told them to do more than they were actually trusting the scriptures because the scriptures told them that a Messiah was coming. And the scriptures made it very clear that Jesus was the Messiah. And the early church understood that the scriptures were telling them that Jesus was the Messiah. And Stephen was trying to explain to these elders and these Pharisees that Jesus was the Messiah based upon scripture. But because the Pharisees trusted more in what man told them to do, the Pharisees started getting angry that Stephen was testing their ideologies and proving them wrong. They were being proved wrong. It actually says that they were overwhelmed by Stephen's amount of wisdom. They couldn't keep up with it. And so because of that, they were getting angry at Stephen for proving them wrong. So it's very, very important that we as Christians always go back to scripture. Always test the scriptures. We shouldn't just trust anything that anybody says. Because people get things wrong all the time. We are part of the sin nature. We get things wrong. And so that's why I always ask you, please grab your Bible and read it yourselves. Because I am human. I get things wrong all the time. And so I really want you guys to study it yourselves. Now, I'm sure I'll be asked, Jen, does this mean that we can't listen to any pastor because pastors get things wrong? Well, no, that's not what I'm saying. Stephen, he was speaking the truth, right? He was convincing people to become Christians. And Stephen was a good influence. Stephen was speaking the truth. What I'm saying is we should test everything we hear with the scriptures. We should test our pastors. We should test speakers, guest speakers that come into our church. You should test me or any other podcaster or social media person that you're listening to. We need to test every single person we hear with the scriptures. And that's how we're going to know if we're hearing truth or if we're hearing falsehood. So, of course, it's not wrong to listen to preachers or to listen to biblical content from people, but it has to be the truth. And you have to read the scriptures in order to define what truth really is. And so that's why we don't define ourselves as our denomination. We define ourselves as Christians. We align with what scripture says. That's what true Christianity really is aligning ourselves with scripture, becoming little Christs. And we can't become like Jesus if we don't read about Jesus. So we have to read the scriptures in order to form our belief systems. So Stephen is taken to the court. His face is glowing like an angel's. They're all looking at Stephen and they're about to accuse him of so many terrible things. And that's the last thing I want to talk about. When you stand up for the truth, you're going to be lied about by so many people because that's the only thing people are going to have on you is untruths. You can see that actually in today's culture. There are so many lies like about everything. And anytime we see somebody like standing up for the truth, they get such bad backlash and so many lies about them thrown around and how terrible these people are because that's the only 
tactic Satan really has against us. And yes, lies can certainly be very damaging because the people who want to believe those lies are going to believe them. My old pastor actually used to say something really good, that if somebody lies about you, the people who actually like you are not going to believe those lies. But the people who already hate you and already don't like you are going to believe the lies because they want to believe the lies. And in some ways, that's kind of comforting if you think about it, because the pressure is sort of taken off of you, meaning that there's nothing you can really do to please anybody who already hates you. So it kind of takes the pressure off of us of trying to please people. We can't please everybody. And there's a verse that Jesus says in scripture. He says, just know that when they hate you, they hated me first. So we're like sharing in that suffering with Christ. Because if you look here, it's not Stephen that these guys hate. They might think that they hate Stephen, but ultimately they hate Stephen's ideology. They hate that Stephen is speaking truths about Jesus. They hate that Jesus is their authority. And that's the same thing as nowadays. People hate that Jesus is their authority. They don't want Jesus to be their authority. That's why people twist the scriptures in order to form their narrative, because they want to be in control of themselves. They're willing to go so far as to twist ancient scriptures in order to make them fit their current ideologies, because they know, they know that those ancient scriptures are their authority. And so people know, they know in their hearts, no matter how deep down that knowledge is, they know that Jesus is their authority. So when we speak the name of Jesus, that's why we're going to be persecuted. Because the world hates Jesus. The world hates being told they're wrong. The world hates having their ideologies tested. And the world certainly hates that Jesus is their authority. But the fact of the matter is that, yes, Jesus is their authority, but he's also our authority. The world's going to hate us no matter what, because we are Christians. So why are we trying to get the world to love us? No matter what, the world will hate us because they hated Jesus. So let's just stop, you know, towing the line. Let's stop standing in the middle of the road, trying to please everybody, trying to please people who already hate you, who already hate Jesus, who already hate Christianity. Just state the truth. Just state the truth. And in Stephen's case, he becomes the first martyr, but he directly influenced a young man named Saul, who we're going to find out later on becomes Paul. And I think this is why people become so afraid, though, is because of stories like Stephen, where God didn't intervene and Stephen becomes the first martyr. But Stephen got basically like a one way ticket up into heaven. And we don't even understand how wonderful heaven is going to be. Our earthly suffering is going to be gone forever. And we're going to live in eternity. Stephen is still alive today, but he's alive up in heaven. And I can imagine that he is so thankful that he didn't give in to the culture of his time period, that he didn't toe the line, that he didn't try to appease these Pharisees. I'm going to imagine that Stephen, surrounded by God's glory, 
surrounded by eternal comfort and paradise, is happy that in the end, he stood firm to the truth. So faithful listeners, to recap everything I talked about today, we use scriptures to define us as Christians. That is what we must always do because the scriptures are the truth. Secondly, don't toe the line. If you want to become a Christian, be a Christian. Be what God calls you to be. It may be temporarily hard, but if you want to be a Christian, there's no point in trying to appease a world that already hates Christianity. Just be a Christian and be bold as a Christian. Well, guys, I hope that this episode spoke to you in some way. It was a tiny little portion of scripture, but we ended up talking for quite a long time, actually, about um, Stephen and the gospel. So, friends, if you want to support P40 Ministries and everything that we do over here at the podcast, go over to the P40 Ministries shop because you're going to find the cutest little t-shirt, which is called the More Than Sparrows t-shirt. This was designed by my sister. It's my sister's own handwriting, and it's in the shape of a little sparrow. And it says, don't be afraid because you are worth more than many sparrows. And that is a verse that Jesus states, I think from Matthew. Is it from Matthew? Yeah. Matthew 10, verse 31. So if you're struggling with fear, that's a great little reminder for you. It comes in a t-shirt, a clutch bag, and a tote bag. So please check that out. That is linked in the description of this podcast episode. And you can see everything else that's in the P4 Ministries shop as well. Well, anyway, faithful listeners, I hope to see you guys all tomorrow for an episode of Judges. Until then, happy listening. And as always, God bless.